morning, everybody. Feeling good about myself today. I beat the Baldings here. It's easy to do if they're not going to be here. Well, it's a glorious morning to, to be at church. Pretty morning out. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And uh, most of all, I'm glad he's here. So. so, Jesus, we just come to you this morning uh, asking for your power, asking for your presence. God, to do in us what only you could do. God, we're not sufficient of ourselves to do the things that uh, that need done, Lord God, but you are. And God, today what we pray is that your spirit and your power would do as only it can. God, that you would uh, open our hearts, God, just like uh, you opened Lydia's heart to receive the things that you had to say. And Lord, we, we pray for that uh, planting of your word inside of us, God, for it to increase and to grow. And God, that you would do in us uh, what only you could do, God, that every inability in us, God, would be overcome by your ability. God, we just pray it in your righteous name. God, do in this place as only you can. God, uh, we bind up the the carnal mind and and the the flesh and the emotions. God, in every boast of Satan, and loose your spirit. God, channel my thoughts. God, to say exactly what you would say. And, and nothing more. God, we pray it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen. Alright. So, go with me to Philippians chapter 3. If you did not already get the memo, the uh, uh, much anticipated Collins housewarming has been, is next weekend at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So, Hopefully it won't be too mucky as it was last time. <clears throat> but we had a good time. We had some people that didn't uh, didn't get the uh, cancellation thing, so we had some people show up anyway. We had a good time. Uh, yep. So, you know, that's what makes that's what makes being a part of the body so great. It's like, hmm, it's like they lived there for like a year, but it's been a while since we had a party. It's like, what what could we come up with? Some excuse to have a party. Well, it's like, it's Tuesday. Party. Well, Mike and I used to do that. Uh, you know, it's like we would, uh, we had Bobby and Josiah working with us. And we'd come up with any and every excuse possible to uh, uh, have some sort of celebration. It's like, man, we should, we should go out for Chinese today. Why? Well, it's Wednesday. All right, sweet. Let's do it. <laughs> Something particularly good would happen. We'd take the guys to Buffalo Wild Wings, and then we were all shot for the rest of the day. Because I would always go in there and think, okay, I'm going to get like a dozen wings and some fries, 25 wings and a bucket of fries later, and oh, stumble out the door. Like, I'm done. So, yep, thank you. I know. Uh so Philippians three, uh, you guys are all familiar with this, of course. Um, it's precious how God reminds us of things over and over and over and over again. You know, I I remember the first time, 
I started uh, kind of getting this word stirring for Sunday, and I was like, I already preached on that like six months ago or something. And uh, and so then I find myself looking for something else, and there isn't anything else. It's that. And uh, it's like, but they all know that. And they've all heard that. Of course, I mean, if, if I didn't tell you guys something you'd never heard before, then I would never say anything up here. But um, uh, Thanks, John. But... Uh, <laughs> well, if you've known me for any length of time, you've probably heard my stories. You could probably recite them. But... Uh, uh, you know the thing about teaching is is you have to hear it again and again and again and uh, uh and I also realized that gosh you know it's like I've been coming in here for like twenty years and I don't get tired of hearing the same old thing because it it's always awesome you know it's like it's like going going out the Chinese for the third time this week it's like well, I'm hungry again and it's really good why not so I like Chinese, what can I say? Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's funny because uh, we all know that you, know, you hear something again and again and again, and you know it, but then some, one day it just sort of clicks. And, and it's, it's something about it is different today, and, uh, and it, it changes something in you. And uh, so... Uh, so I was really blessed by this, uh, this chapter this week because uh, it was, you know, well, really this, this whole book was, was something that, that uh, uh, certainly bore repeating for me. Um, so I guess I'll just start in verse 1. Uh, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And to write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it's safe. So he doesn't mind repeating the same thing over and over again to them either. Uh, beware of dogs. I could say all kinds of snarky things about that, but that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. You know these these ministries that uh, you know, they they don't warn people of the things that are going on in their life. They don't they don't confront them about anything that 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 might be upsetting. Because who likes to be confronted? I mean. Uh, uh, I was exceptionally grumpy this week, and uh, uh, had someone pointed out to me, and uh, my nostrils flared rather big, and then, and then I just clamped my lips shut. I was like, "Okay, yep." <laughs> so yay me, but <laughs> it's way better than oh yeah, well. You know, that's the thing about uh, about a family. You know, it's like you 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 know so many things about somebody. The closer you get to them, the more you could really just lash out at them. You know, and and the more destructive it is when you do. You know, and uh, so being able to just uh, clamp it down and and uh, and keep those emotions under control. You know, it's like the kids watching Unbroken. It's like self control is. Is an interesting concept because, you know, we, you know, we we need God to to train us and to teach us and to help us with those things. But He also gives us power to uh, put the muzzle on. So I I sure appreciated that this week. But 
but so he says, beware uh, of those people. It's like you know, everybody knows that a good friend will tell you if you got a bug hanging or something, and and uh, so you you want somebody to tell you if you've got if they see something that's that's uh, amiss in your life, and uh, nobody likes it, <laughs> but you, you'd rather have them tell you. He says, we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Very self-explanatory. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. And if any man thinks that he has whereof to trust in the flesh, I more. You know, and I, I read this and I think, yes, I'm so glad that Paul gets what I'm, what I'm thinking here. <laughs> it's like, you know... Uh, you, ever, you know when like somebody starts talking about something and you're like, yes, tell me more. You know, you just kind of zero in because it's like, I want to know the answer to this. And uh, um, because we all, everybody knows that we should have no confidence in the flesh and, and trust in, in the power of God and to, to do the stuff in our life. But how often do we have confidence in the flesh? Like, I, I can do this, you know. Uh, and I think sometimes we get kind of bunched up because there are those things that God would have us to do. Those things God would have us not do. That he's give us, he gives us power to do or not do. Um, uh, and, then, and then, of course, we have this adversary that says, oh, now you're doing it in the flesh. You've got, you know, you're trusting in your own ability to do this stuff and it's like, well, no, actually, I just I put the leash on the dog and tied him up. But uh, um, uh, my confidence is, is still in him. But he says, though I might have, I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any man thinks that he has whereof the trust in the flesh, I'm more circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. So he had he had all of this stuff together. And he uh, he was that guy that nobody would think he had a problem in the world. Like, look at that guy. I wish I was that guy. And, and so he said, you know, you would think that with this great pedigree that just got handed to me and then the zeal that I that I pursued it with and the value I placed on it, you would think that uh, I could have all the confidence in the flesh that you could have because it looked like I had every reason to succeed. Uh, And, of course, he he didn't succeed uh, as Saul of Tarsus. He didn't uh, didn't see uh, who Jesus was until Jesus confronted him about it. And, and of course, when he met him on the road to Damascus, um, it, it's, it's such an interesting story. I can't imagine what it must have been like to have been in, in Paul's head for those three days, you know, getting led to Damascus. You know, because there's nothing like you know thinking you're the you're the big man, and then suddenly you're not so much the big man. That uh, a good dose of humility is a is a really good thing, and uh, you know to uh to find you know be thinking okay because Jesus told him that it's it's hard for you to kick against the pricks and so this this thought of 
okay, so maybe all that time I was fighting against these Christians, maybe that was uh, that was God telling me, don't do that. That that bad feeling I had, that kind of squidgy kind of feeling that I had inside that nobody could see because I, I kept my game face on. Maybe that was God telling me no. So, but but he didn't just turn me into a greasy spot on the road. So now what? So it's an interesting. That must have been an interesting few days for him. Um, but he said, but those things that were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. And and that's that's often how things are in our life. God God loves to 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 bless you and uh, give you stuff. Uh, that that he knows uh, is important to you. You know, it's like if, if you got kids, it's like you know what I'm talking about. Like Christmas morning is like is a blast. It's like yes, this is so great. Watching them open all their stuff and they're all excited and you know and and every every parent loves that and God loves that. And uh, but uh, those things have to be in this. Uh, have to be prioritized. Where where he comes first, you know, because we can seek after all these blessings, but never seek after him from whom all the blessings come, and uh, and then the sometimes the blessings still come, but they're kind of hollow because the thing that that you thought it would satisfy it doesn't satisfy because what you're actually your what your soul is actually longing for is him. So he says that those things that were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb that I may win Christ. So he he did a 180, or a 720, as it were. No, um, no actually, no, I guess it wouldn't be a 720, would it? Yeah, 560. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I loved that, how they uh, that, that church in Lawrence changed their name from uh, Clinton Parkway Assembly of God to 360 Church. So it's like they'll just spin you around, get you dizzy, and send you right out the way you went. Go in the same direction you came. It's like, that's no good. It's like, who thought of that? Uh-huh. It's like you know, I, I watched this movie once where they're, they're, these guys are lost and they're driving around and uh, they're like trying to follow this paper map and and uh, and the guy's like, "Well, I took four lefts, just like it said," and he's like, four lefts is a circle." <laughs> you know, it's like you know, there, there should be you know, I think maybe more like two turns, one turn to get you off the road you're going on, and another turn to get you going back the way you're supposed to be going. But. Uh, my, my mom had a paper map yesterday, and she was like asking us about these attractions in Topeka if we knew where they were. Uh, looking at the this map, and I was like, "What is that thing?" <laughs> Just giving her a hard time, you know. And she's like, "Well, it's it's like right. I think you go this way." And, th-. and I was like, "Mom, mom, you have a smartphone. Just put in the name of the place you want to go, and it will take you there." And you know, she's in one ear and out the other. Okay. Well, here's your paper map. Like, like, I'll get you a highlighter. Good luck. 
Maybe you should double check it with MapQuest first. You know you're from the 90s if you remember MapQuest. So, all right. But uh, so so now Paul is talking about uh, how all this stuff that he had going, all this life that he had built for himself, he it was all he counted all as nothing. Um, and he said all the the success that he had attained uh, as a as a Pharisee, you know, being brought up under uh, this uh, this great teacher, and uh, and all this stuff, you know. He had this 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 sense of destiny on him that's like I I am, uh, you know, I'm just the bee's knees, and uh, and he and he said that he counted all that stuff as loss to to know Christ because he realized that all of that stuff really didn't count for anything, and uh, and in fact he says that I uh, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count it but dung that I may win Christ. So, um, you know, this makes my modern-day soft, pudgy, Western flesh cringe. Thinking about, you know, the loss of all things and, like, living this nomadic life that he lived. I mean, he didn't really, you know, he went to follow the Son of Man that had nowhere to lay his head. And so now he has nowhere to lay his head. And, uh... I mean, he would stay in this place for a year. He'd stay in this place for a couple weeks. He'd be here for a little while, and everybody try and kill him, so he'd leave, and then, <laughs> and then he'd come right back. And and uh, it's like he must have been a. It's like he's a salesman. Like, well, they didn't like me the first time. I'm gonna come back again. You know, you know, uh, my, my business coach guy says that his thing is you come after them till they buy, or they die, or you die. And. So I th- that must have been how Paul did it. It's like, I'm going to go after them until they die or I die. It's like, well, I didn't die yet, so I'm going to go after them again. But, of course, he had something uh, of infinite value to, to, to give them. He wasn't even trying to sell it to them. So it's a grand thing. But, uh, you know, so he suffered the loss of all things, and he counted it as nothing to to win Christ, to have that that relationship with him being more valuable than than anything else that he could uh that he that he had or that he could imagine and be found in him and not having my own righteousness which is of the law that that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith so he uh you know he he's already kind of outlined where uh his righteousness because he's as touching the law blameless he was a Pharisee and uh, he had all the right uh, pedigree, but but it was his righteousness, it was his own stuff, and and he told the Romans that uh, um, that the Jews going about to uh, establish their own righteousness had not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, and so uh, because Christ is the end of the law for uh, everyone that believes, you know, and so he. You, you find it all through these epistles that uh, there's this sense of having to let go of the accomplishments, let go of the abilities, and uh, and all that because uh, God, in His wisdom and mercy, made the whole this whole thing of salvation not about what you could do or how well you could do it, because then there would be nobody there. 
but what he he made it about him and his ability and, and in his power because he could do it. And so he said that he wanted to be found in Christ, not having his own righteousness, which is of the law, but through the faith of Christ. And so that's a precious thing because uh, I believe it's also in Romans he said that he, he calls those things which be not as though they are. you know. And that's an interesting moment when you look at yourself in the mirror and, and you don't see anything good or righteous about you. But then you look in the Word of God and it says that that you put on His righteousness by faith. That that you you take it to you, and it feels presumptuous when you when you know you, and and you're you're looking at the man in the mirror, and then you think, but he told me to to put on the new man. That's that him, and he's put this new this new seed inside me, and so that's what's that's what's in me, and I, and I may not see it just yet. But it's there. Um, you know, I've, I've told you many a time. I'm, I don't like to presume. I walk past the uh, "please take one" stuff because it's like, well, they really mean seriously, just take one or or what, you know? And uh, uh, you know, he and that's exactly what Jesus is is saying. He's like, hey, he's like, here's this righteousness. Like I, I, I've already done this for you. I've paid the price for this. I've made this, this garment for you, uh, of of surpassing quality and worth, and uh, and I'm I'm giving it to you. But you're gonna have to like take it from me and put it on. And uh, and so that having that sense of the the his righteousness and not your own is really a grand thing, because. Uh, you know, it's it's funny when good things happen in your life and you know that it wasn't because you did a bunch of stuff right and everybody else thinks you did, you know. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, oh, man, it's like, you know, look at this, you know, all this awesome stuff that, that you know, it's like, and you're working so hard and it's like, man, not really. I, no. You know, I keep, I keep telling Mike he could make a lot more money once he figures out he doesn't need me, you know, but... Uh, uh, that's, that's, I suppose that's not really true, but um, but you know it's funny because God does all these great things in your life, and you know that it's that it's Him that does it, and uh, and uh, and that's the great thing about righteousness by faith is is because it's not about you doing, but there's this value that comes with that righteousness. You know, if uh, you have this awesome like. I don't know, like maybe a brand new coat. It's white and it's awesome. And you're probably not going to drive on a bumpy road with a cup of coffee and your white coat. You're just not. You're not going to do something to jeopardize the pristine quality of this coat. You know, and 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 that's what that sense of self-control is about. It's like I value this thing that God's given me too much to stain it with something foolish. And so so he says uh so he says that he's given it that he he's given up everything and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead and uh, 
again, my, my pudgy Western marshmallowy flesh doesn't like the idea of the fellowship of his sufferings. <laughs> but uh, but there it is. Cynthia was reading uh, to me about uh, David Brainerd on the way here. And, you know, he, he died at 29 uh, from tuberculosis after spending his, all of his 20s ministering to the the, uh, the Native Americans in the 1700s. And, uh, and just, you know, that was his goal and that was what his life was about. And, and his own sense of, of comfort or living life the way he wanted to mattered nothing to him. And, uh, it was, uh, quite convicting sitting in my, you know, my comfortable car and my comfortable clothes driving down the road, my nice sunglasses on and thinking, jeez, it's like that guy was serious, you know. But, uh, um, you know, but I like actually how Paul starts here with the power of his resurrection first, you know, because when you recognize that you're dead in him, then then all the all the life that's, that is within you, you recognize it comes from him. And so, uh, when you think of it in the sense of your life already having been over, because your old life is over, and now you have this new life in Christ, um, and and it's and it's a life that's lived with Him, and the the, the sufferings is uh, is mitigated by the 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 love that He has for you, and the love that you have for Him, and the the the, the joy of that fellowship, and being made conformable to His death, because of course if you're going to marry the Lamb, then it's going to not end well for your flesh. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. So, you know, you read Acts, and you read these uh, epistles and things, and you think, and Paul's saying he hasn't already attained? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, where does that leave me? You know, um, uh, but that comes from looking at the wrong thing. If you're looking at the outside man, then sure, you know. But uh, you know, there's this sense. I like how he says that he's following after God to apprehend the thing for which he's been apprehended. You know, because when you apprehend something, it's like you chase it down and you cuff it and stuff it, as they say. You know, and. Uh, um, So, so God apprehended you for a purpose. It's like, you know, he slowed down in his little patrol car. He's like, hey, where are you going? It's like, oh, well, you know, I was going down to the candy store. You know, and, and uh, so, he, so, so he got picked up by God then. And, uh, but but he, he picked you up for a purpose because he has something for you, uh, something for you to do, surely. But something, but a life for you to live, and he's got. Uh, he has this uh, this offer of of life everlasting and being a part of of his family. That is, uh, it's you know they they say that if an offer seems too good to be true, it probably is, and and this is certainly an offer that seems too good to be true, but it is true. So he says. Uh, but he says he's not already attained. 
And so, so, but he, so he understands I haven't arrived. I already thought I arrived when I was Saul of Tarsus and I was persecuting the church. Uh, and I, I thought that I was, I was the big guy and that I had all my stuff together. But, uh, hey guys, but he said that, uh, but I haven't attained. I'm following after him. So he says, brethren, I count not myself to, to have apprehended. So he's so he's not satisfied that he's done enough. He's not satisfied that he's already reached this goal that he's that he's pressing towards. That that the uh, that the goal is still in front of him. So he says, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So uh, the great thing about forgetting all the stuff from before is it could be good stuff. It could be bad stuff. And it really doesn't make any difference, you know, because, uh, you know, if, uh, well, it, it's a great thing to be able to forget the forget yesterday if yesterday was terrible, you know. And, uh, and if, if you've got a, a backpack of regret, then being able to just leave it by the wayside is, is a really, really great thing. Uh, but you can also, you know, leave aside the good stuff, you know, the, uh, you know, because uh, there's a, we have this tendency, I know I do, to coast on some awesome thing that God did in my life yesterday, last year, you know, ten years ago, and, uh, um, but he, he forgot about all that stuff too, so he, he didn't, he didn't take, well, I'm doing all this awesome stuff, and God's using me mightily, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna coast for a while. He, he just kept his foot on the gas and just kept going after God, but not and not counting yesterday as anything that he could, uh, as laurels that he could rest on. And so he, uh, so he kept reaching forth to those things which were before him, because God, he's always got, he's got this this prize for you to win to, to strive after uh, and and it's him but there's this sense of you know when you love somebody it's it it feels really good to do things for them and and it and it's uh it's it's a blessing it doesn't feel so much like work uh you know and uh um, you know like you guys have all seen Cynthia's ring. It's like every month when I would like make a payment on that thing, it was like yes. It's like you know I I wasn't weeping over the money leaving. You know I was just like yes, click. Like, yeah, you know because we don't write checks anymore. Who does that? You know, click. It's paid. So well, it's great too because then you don't have to like okay, it's due in a week. I better get that check in the mail. It's like. Click, it's paid right now. That's how it's done. So, Another thing that I've been talking to my mom about that she can't get on board with. Now she's 65, what are you going to do? No offense if you're an older person, but I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Bulletproof pulpit here. Whew. But, um, <laughs> oh, you know, 
It always does my heart good to see people just kind of go with that stuff, you know. So that's all I meant. <laughs> anyway, um, so he says, I, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So he's got this this goal that he is aiming for, and nothing less than that is satisfactory. Not having uh, uh, arrived at that place, you know, and, and I, I think in his, in what Paul is saying here is he's like, you know, you you keep pressing until until you cross Jordan. You know, you keep on pressing until you you cross the finish line because if you're in a race, you don't you don't you don't slow down because you're almost at the finish line. You keep running and then you slow down after you break the tape. And uh so so he says that uh let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. So it's interesting because he was just saying that I'm not perfect yet. And then he says, let let us, which that would of necessity include him, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. And I love how God just puts out all these little safety net, security measure type things. You know, when you when you have kids and you have stairs, you have baby gate. You know that that hopefully they can't push over or figure out how to open, or or what have you. When uh, when my kids were really little, we had to get butterfly locks because otherwise they would just leave the house and just wander off and play outside, and that was quite disconcerting, uh, especially when we didn't have a fence. But. Uh, um, so he says that you know that if you're otherwise minded, that he'll show it to you. So God has these these things. You know, you you say you're just kind of going along with life, and life has this momentum to it sometimes that uh, that um, really takes away from that sense of just slowing down and spending the evening sitting with the Lord on the porch with the with a glass of iced tea. You know, it's not, sometimes life goes so fast that you have to fight for that. And, um, and so, you know, he, he's got these little things. It's like, hey, you know, you're, you know, you're getting a little out of tune. It's like, hey, when's the last time we sat down and, you know, just talked for a while? Like, we should chill sometime, you know, and... Um, so he has he has these these things you know it's like hey there's this thing in your life and I know you didn't catch it yet and so I'm going to point it out to you now and and so he has all of these great things that he he just he watches out for you and you know because this is the kind of stuff that I think a lot of us get hung up on it's like well but what if I'm just not you know what if you know you get off in your head in in this like what if what if what if what if thing. Uh, and and I like this verse because it takes away the what if thing. It's like, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if any, if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this to you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and thus mind the same thing. So, uh, you know, when you're 
uh, when you're five, you haven't attained to the same place that uh, the ten-year-old has. But but you you can still stay at that that level and and not go down. You know, like I'm you know I'm sure you all had your parents tell you act your age <laughs> growing up, and uh, yeah, I got that one plenty. When I, especially when I was a teenager, it's like act your age. I am. <laughs> but uh, uh, but he said that. Uh, I lost my place. There, nevertheless, where to we've already attained. Let's walk by that same rule and mind the same thing. So, uh, so I don't plan on losing any momentum from where I'm at. I don't plan on uh, doing less than because from where God has already brought me to because um, I've got this momentum and I've got this goal that I'm pressing for, and and so. I'm, I'm not satisfied with being five because that brother over there is ten, and I like I want to get up to that place of being ten, and and so uh, you know, I don't I don't see him acting eight, I don't see him acting five, I see him acting ten, so I'm going to be ten, and uh, so so we we you know, we press for those things because God has this goal in mind for us. Let's see. So, brethren, be ye followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as you have them for an example. For many walk of whom I told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is from heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things to himself. So, so he says you have you have examples, you, you've got an example that God has put in your life, and and you you want to strive to emulate that. And if you're not sure who that would be, or if if you you know for whatever reason you you still have. Christ in the scriptures you have and Paul said you know be followers of me even as I follow Christ so we've uh, we're not without example of, of what God would have us to to walk like and uh, um, but he says here to be careful about who it would be that you would emulate uh, because he's talking here these people um, they they're the enemies of the cross of Christ because their God is their belly their glories, their shame. It's like they're they're after their own uh, appetites, their own um, uh, comfort and glory. And so he said, you you don't want to you don't want to follow after that. And so 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 Christ has given us this example. You know, when I when I turned 33, I thought, man, you know, it's, I can't imagine my life being over now. You know, and have you know like and have not ever been married, not. I had any kids and not been able to do the stuff I wanted to do and build a career, uh, but to have just spent my entire life doing the things that God would have me do. And and that's, of course, the goal that God has for all of us. But uh, but it's a, it's an amazing example that he gave us because when you do put God first, you, you can have those things, and, and, and they're a blessing from the Lord. But uh, but he, he talks... Uh, 
a lot about the uh, the importance of putting him first, seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and, and all this other stuff gets added to you. So, uh, so that sense of letting God do the stuff in you is a, is a really important thing, that pressing, having a goal in mind. Um, the, the thing that I, I like so much about Philippians is before he tells you all that, uh, he talks about letting this mind be in you. Because, uh, you know, if, uh, it's like uh, the example that Ron always uses. It's like if I put my brain in you, then you could drive right to the house I grew up in because you would know where it is. I wouldn't have to give you directions. And and so, you know, if in, if in anything you'd be otherwise minded, God should reveal it to you. So he puts his mind in you. And it's it's kind of like a slow brain transplant type of process. And and the more time you spend with him and the more time you spend in his word, the more you find yourself thinking like him, acting like him. And and that, that mind begins to to really come into your mind but you have to let it so so it's an important thing but uh you know there's so much of of what god has has put in his word that's just yielding and cooperating it's like you know it's like so do this thing you know cooperate with me on this yield to me on this and and these things will work grand in your life jesus we thank you for your word to us and uh, for the the marvelous things that you've done for us, God, and how you have set these things in order for us. God, we do pray that you would uh, show us if in, in anything we're otherwise minded than the, the perfection that you have uh, pointed us towards. God, that, that like Paul, Lord, we would press for that mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God, that, that you would be our goal. God, that yesterday would be forgotten. God, for good or for ill, God, that we would leave it behind. Lord Jesus, and that we would press for those things which are before us. God, that the, the, the very next thing that you would have us do, God, that that would be the 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 uh, goal that we're pressing for. Now, God, today I just pray that you would uh, do in us as only you can. God, cause this word to take root and grow up in us. God, and every need in this place you know. And I pray that you would meet it as only you can. In your precious, righteous, holy name we pray. Amen and amen.